College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit Skyline Sports and mt.com and subscribe for only eight dollars a month or ninety dollars a year skyline sports mt.com every day every season there's a lot of things that make montana great from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the west but what really makes this place special is you our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things at Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Special Big Sky Breakdown. Welcome in. Thanks for being here. Coming to you uh, from a different spot. We've been doing these on the back porch lately, but we're doing them here from the ESPN MT studio. So appreciate our partnership with ESPN MT, and you can always check us out. Uh, on Nuana is now each weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Radio, 102.9 FM uh, in Western Montana, as well as SWX Montana Television. And uh, go check out that new ESPN MT app, uh, Grizz Hockey Back, for another year. We've been selling some Grizz Hockey packages this summer, so I'm thinking about Grizz Hockey already, and uh, they'll get their uh, third season underway in uh, in September. So it's it's right around the corner. So go get that ESPN MT app, great way to follow along. Nuana's now and uh, Grizz Hockey reason this is a special edition, we actually were going to do this last week, but uh, we went so deep into the all-Big Sky preseason teams uh, that we were kind of – we needed a couple days to, to recharge to be able to talk uh, more in-depth about the Big Sky Conference. So uh, we submitted both our preseason all-league teams and our preseason polls last week. So this one, this podcast, Big Sky Breakdown, is talking all about uh, how we voted. And, and I went through the schedule today and uh, scored it all out. And uh, have my sort of, uh, I mean, this is by no means gospel, but I, I have at least a, a broad idea of where I think the pecking order is, at least going into uh, the 2023 season. So myself, Coulter Nuanas, Andrew Houghton, uh, Big Sky preseason polls uh, right now. Thanks to all our great sponsors, including Blackfoot Communications, Opportunity Bank, and Town Pump. Uh so I, I set you my my sort of composite schedule here, and there's a couple. I mean, I think we both agree, Andrew, first and foremost, that there's a variety of just sort of coin flip games in the league, and and so even if this is not necessarily, I mean, I don't feel really comfortable making picks for games until actually the week of the game, because you never know who's going to be hurt or healthy. This is sort of more just an exercise to give you sort of a broad scope of how teams are going to finish, and then that's how I use what uh, that's how I. I make my poll. I, I do think the one of the most interesting parts of the Big Sky coming into this year is I don't really see any movement in the league. I think that the same teams are going to be playoff teams, the same teams are going to be fringe playoff teams, and the same teams are going to be bad. I think the only team that really could be anything but 
what they're expected to be. Two, I think there's two teams, Cal Poly and Eastern Washington. Other than that, I think that the bottom of the league is sort of defined, the middle of the league is very defined, and the top of the league is very defined. Yeah, I, I had a little laugh here uh, that you have UC Davis getting getting screwed again here <laughs> at the end exactly, of the season. Exactly, right? Uh, exactly like what happened last year, and this year getting screwed with the, the same conference record as one of the other teams. I mean, Davis went 5-3 and three last year in league play, and they won seven games. That's exactly how I have them projected this year. That was also the exact same conference record as Idaho. Actually, the exact same record overall and in conference, and it was a better record than Montana, and the Aggies still got left out. There's a lot that goes into that, but uh, Montana's sizable home field draw is certainly one of them. But they're, uh, sort of interesting, though, because I do think Davis is pretty good. I think Davis is pretty good, too. I think they're sort of in that middle tier of, of coin flip games and coin flip teams in the league. I sort of break it out a little bit differently than you do, although it works out the same. I like to put the teams in, in tiers at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's and say, right. That's right. Here's tier one, here's tier two. And then the way you would do it is I would say, well, we've got two teams here in tier two playing each other. That's a coin flip game or maybe one that we say the home right. team is favored in. And I think we pretty much end up at, at the same place. Um, so I, I agree. And I, I think that the tiers is a, is a fun exercise. And, uh, so let's do it, let's, but let's go in reverse order. So I think that there's a definitive bottom tier in this league, and I think it, it, it has two teams in it. I think it's Idaho State and it's Northern Colorado. And you think Cal Poly is escaping that tier? I, I think that Cal Poly has the opportunity to win a few games this year. It's not just the hype surrounding Sam Heward. It's also, as we know, teams that are, are not expected to be very good if those teams also happen to be at schools that have to play money games, when you play two FBSs back-to-back and you just get blown out, it's it's hard for the psyche of your team. Like, I don't think Idaho State – I think Idaho State on paper is definitively the worst team in the league. Yeah, But I then agree. They, they also have to start out at San Diego State and at Utah State, and then they got Northern Iowa, a perennial top 15 team, coming to Pocatello. They're starting 0-3. Then there's the game between Northern Colorado and Idaho State to open conference play. That's a huge game in terms of where those two programs are at because it could be the only opportunity for a league win for either of them. And and you know, and then if you're coming off a of three straight underdog losses and then you lose to the only other team you're not an underdog to and you're 0 and 4, it's really hard to get any sense of confidence going forward after that. Uh Northern Colorado, I think could be slightly better, but I, I just don't really see it. I do think Ed Lamb's a huge upgrade. I just think it's going to take him a while there at UNC. But I think that the game, September 23rd, uh, in Pocatello between Northern Colorado and Idaho State, it's actually a, a sneaky game to watch for sure. Yeah, it's one to keep an eye on because Idaho State, after that, they're going to Montana. And if you're 0-5 and you get blown out in Washington Grizzly, they're not going to win what I think is maybe their other winnable conference game, which is Eastern Washington at home. The week How after. crazy is it that that's a, a thing that can be said? So, so you're with me here. I think when people listen to this, one of the th- first pieces of outcry that we're going to get is you're too down on Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington's not going to be really bad for the second year in a row. I, I just I disagree. I just I think Eastern Washington is a program that has the opposite momentum of what you want, and I think they've uh, significantly downgraded in talent pretty much across the board, specifically, though, at quarterback. They've always had the best quarterback in the league. They don't have anybody that's even a reputable name within the league now. So 
It is crazy that even just saying that Idaho State Eastern Washington might be a game that the Bengals could win, one of the only games they could win. Yeah, do you, I mean, do, do you have Eastern Washington down in that tier two then, that last tier? So, they... No, I have them one tier above, and that a tier above includes Portland State, Cal Poly, Eastern Washington, and Northern Colorado, or Northern Arizona, excuse me. Yeah. In, the, in that order, I think those are the, the teams that are all in like the, that two to four win, uh, in, in league play, two to four wins in league play range. I might be disrespecting Portland State just a tad. It seems as if Portland State is always in a tier by themselves. They're they're not as bad as the the four or five teams below them, but they're not anywhere close to as good as the fringe playoff teams or the playoff teams. I do think that Portland State's the top of that tier, but I think that uh, I think that they're all kind of clogged right there. I think that's exactly right, and this is where I think that the tier system is better than going through and picking right. games, though, because. Yeah. Portland State's going to win one of those games they're not supposed to, right? For sure. Portland State's going to win one so, of those games against a team a tier above them, even though they're not in that tier. So just for uh, just sort of a vague um, roadmap here, here's Portland State's schedule. I talk about a tough start. You start at Oregon and at Wyoming, so you're 0-2. Yep. Then you're going to kill North American University. Never heard of that in my life. Their ability to find multiple schools in which I've never heard of these to play at home for their opener is, it's something special. But then they do get to open up with Cal Poly. That's a that's a good. I mean, that's an interesting game because Cal Poly might be able to get a little momentum there. Or game. Portland State, you know, maybe they get off on a good foot and all of a sudden you're two and two. You're one and zero in conference play. You're doing okay. Uh, then Portland State at Montana State at Northern Arizona and Flagstaff home against Eastern Washington. At UC Davis, Montana coming to Portland uh, yeah, the, the week before uh, the the Grizz. Uh, excuse me, the Grizz coming to Portland the week before Cat Grizz. Uh, I'm tentatively planning on making the trip out to Portland. We have our great friends at Ten Barrel Brewing that are uh, looking to maybe put us up. Uh, we did this last year for the Oregon State-Montana State game, but we might do it Grizz style out there on the West Coast. So uh, look forward to that. I think Eastern is in Bozeman that weekend. So maybe I'll send you to Bozeman and I'll go to Portland. Either way, uh, schedule details coming up here on Skyline Sports as well. And then Portland State ends with Northern Colorado. So, I, I mean, I think that Cal Poly is a coin flip, if not Portland State being favored. I think that at Northern Arizona, Portland State, I mean, that's a tough place to play, but that's not a, a huge NAU favorite in that game. Portland State's had great success against Eastern. Also interesting that that sort of manufactured rivalry game got moved up. It's not the last week of the season. Yeah, tough ones against Davis and Northern or, and Montana, but then uh, you think probably win in Greeley uh, to end the year. I mean, four or five wins. That's just been where Portland State's been at. Yeah, though. yeah, that's right. Uh, do you, are they at the top of that tier for you? Then I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Cal Poly again, I think is actually the team that could have the most movement. I thought they were the worst team I saw live and in person last year. So it's hard to be worse than what they were. Uh, and they, I think they have a lot of guys back that they've been developing in the system, and then they add this this shiny new toy at quarterback. I just can't get over how bad Cal Poly looked last year, and I think so much of it is going to depend on the, the quarterback, right? So much of that changes. There's a huge upside potential there with Sam Hewitt now at Cal Poly. I just can't get over how bad they looked last year. Uh, I mean, I know it, was, that- it was unbelievable against both the Cats and – I mean, against the Cats in San Luis Obispo – Brent Vegan was trying to run out the clock, and yep. Cal Poly literally couldn't tackle Montana State. So it looks like the Cats are being unsportsmanlike and blowing them out, but they're literally just running outside zone. And Marky Johnson scoring 60-yard touchdowns, and the Cats score 72 points. I've never really seen 
Big Sky teams get humiliated like Cal Poly did against the Montana schools last year. Yeah, and this schedule look has sort of helped me figure out where to place them this year because I just don't think that Portland State game to open conference is a coin flip game. I can't put them in the same tier. Yeah, no. I've got okay. them in the bottom with with Northern Colorado and Idaho State because I just yeah because yeah, just looking at that game in like in Portland to start conference start right. conference play. For sure. I mean, and even they're opening the season against San Diego. Well, I mean, San Diego is a program that's sort of in disarray right now, though, because of all the controversy. No I mean, Dale Lindsay, one of our all-time favorite guests on this show, he's one of the great characters I have encountered in my time covering college football. The guy, to say he's a throwback is an understatement. Doesn't wear a headset on the sidelines. He doesn't even have a cell phone. I'm calling him on his office phone to get him on the radio. Well, he basically... It was announced that he retired at San Diego, but then it was then he came to the paper and said, "I wasn't retired." Correct. I was fired. They forced me out. That's so. That's interesting. San Diego just hasn't been very good the last couple of years. So I don't know. I mean, but if Cal Poly wins that one, then they're at San Jose State. They lose, but then they play Lincoln. So there's a win. Yep. I mean, it's not unfeasible that Cal Poly started two and two or three and one even. Then I think they have a hard time finding another win on the schedule. But that would still be a little bit of an improvement. I, just, I guess that they're an example of how you can maybe get a little momentum going early. But my problem is, I'm saying I don't think that matters going into the Portland State game, even no, if right. they you're are, right. even right. if they are two and one. And I, you know, you're, you're probably right. right that they handle business against San Diego. I just think that that in Portland, uh, regardless of the home field advantage for the Vikings, which isn't isn't great. I just have a hard time looking at that game and and saying Cal Poly's got a chance to make this a coin flip game. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, and then you know Eastern Washington. I have uh, I picked Eastern to win three league games. Uh, I think that you know they're at UC Davis. I think that's probably a loss. They're at home against Idaho. The one thing the Vandals have done the most consistently since returning to the Big Sky is beat Eastern Washington. Stomp them. I mean they've stomped them multiple times. They've embarrassed them. Uh, and then Eastern's at Idaho State. Like you said, I mean Eastern should be favored of that one, but I don't know in Pocatello. Then Eastern has Weber State in Cheney. They're at Portland State. That could be a coin flip game that uh, sort of for jockeying in the, that middle to bottom tier. Eastern's got Cal Poly. It's also another one that's interesting. And uh, then they're at Montana State, and then they finish with Northern Arizona. So, you know, I mean, I think that they're going to be dogs against Davis, Idaho, and Montana State for sure. Uh, oh, and Weber for sure. Yep. And then, you know, I mean, if Eastern – Won the other four, Idaho State, Portland State, Cal Poly, and NAU. Wouldn't surprise me if they split those. It wouldn't surprise me. I think me. that's got to be the expectation for them is, is winning those four and getting at least a 500 in conference. I mean, that has to be the expectation for them. But but can they do it? Will they do it? That'll be yep. interesting. I also had NAU there with, with three league wins. NAU's league schedule. First of all, they start at Arizona and at North Dakota. That's a tough start. Uh, they also start conference play with Montana. Then at Sac State and at Weber State. So you're thinking, I mean, almost certainly an 0-3 start for the Lumberjacks. Then they got Portland State, coin flip, and then they got Davis and at Montana State. That's the toughest Brutal. That's the toughest schedule in the league right there. I mean, you're, just play, you're playing the top five teams in the league, the first six conference games. And then, oh, by the way, it's not Idaho State in there. It's Portland State. So, uh, And then NAU, Northern Colorado comes to flag, and then they're at Eastern uh, to finish. Um, Portland State, by the way, their league schedule – uh, Cal Poly at Montana State at NAU, Eastern Washington at UC Davis, Montana at Northern Colorado. So we're sort of in agreement that that's the, those are the the absolutely not. I don't, okay, I guess last question on this: would it would 
if any of those teams made the playoffs, would it surprise you? Yeah. None of those teams have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, they. I think they've the, got a chance. I think the ceiling is is a 500 conference record for that whole group. Yeah, I think Portland State or Eastern Washington could get to 500. It would absolutely surprise me if any of those teams made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Portland State if Dante Shashere makes the leap this year. For sure. I think would have the best chance of anybody in that group. It would still shock me. Yeah. Yeah, Portland State. They got to find. Uh, if you're going to run this sort of unorthodox flex defense, then then you got to do it at a really high level. You can't be inconsistent. They've been, they've they've been feast or famine with it. They get a lot of pass breakups and picks, but sometimes they get gashed too. So uh, I think I, Portland State honestly has been good to really good on offense the whole time Bruce Barnum's been there, whether it's as the OC or the or the head coach. They just got to figure out how to stop people. Like every time they play, you know, the Montana schools or Weber or whatever, they score points. They score multiple touchdowns. They yep. just they just give up thirty five or forty two every time. So Portland State just I think it just comes down to improving on defense. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses paired with our internet services, business Wi Fi, and technical support. Your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Sports and Grizzly Athletics. Uh, I have one team in the in the exact middle tier, and that's UC Davis, because I think that they are the best of the of the league that isn't a playoff team this year. If they well, here's Davis's deal, though. I, I do think that they they could be a fringe, if not surefire, playoff team. Basically, they just have to win one more than I picked them to win, and they're in the playoffs. Yep. They're at Texas A&M Commerce, who, by the way, Texas A&M Commerce plays uh, two big sky schools this year as they transition to Division One. I. I think that's where uh, old friend Steve Shack is at now. That's right, yeah. Uh, former Idaho State Sports Info guy, so... Uh, that's actually really good because I was going to tell you you should write a feature on Texas A&M Commerce since they're going to get sort of through the lens. Utah Tech did this recently. You did a feature like that when they were Dixie State yep. uh, playing yep. playing three big sky schools. I think Texas A&M Commerce would be interesting. Give you an excuse to call Shaq. Uh, anyways, Davis is at Texas A&M Commerce. So I think that's probably a win. Then they're at Oregon State, so probably a loss. And then Southern Utah, uh, probably a win. And then their league schedule is Eastern Washington. They should be favored in that one. Cal Poly should be favored in that one. Montana. Uh, in Davis, uh, I think the Grizz probably be slight favorite in that one, but that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a huge game for both these I teams, I mean, if actually. Davis is rolling at 4-1 and one going into that one and getting that one well, at home. I mean, if they beat the Grizz, then then all of a sudden they they are in the the, the driver's seat to be a, a, you know inside track playoff. Oh, team. they would be a top-10 team after that for if they sure. beat the Grizz and went to uh, whatever, 5-1 and one after and, that and, game. And then they go uh, at Weber State. So, I mean, let's just say you probably split those two. Best case scenario, or I mean, best case is you can win them both, but I think that they're probably more realistically going to split at best Montana Weber. They got NAU coming to Davis, Portland State coming to Davis, should be favored in both. They're at Idaho State, should be favored in that one. Then they got the Cosway Classic against the Sac State team that you think is going to be pretty good. I actually, after scoring this out, think they're going to be pretty good as well. Um, but I think that, I mean, the, I think the linchpin of, of UC Davis's whole season is if they can just get a win. Out of the two games, Montana and at Weber State, and then make that Sac State game for a, a, potentially a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe if they split, if they win one of those Montana and Weber State games, I think they might be in the playoffs regardless of what happens. For sure. Against Sac, I think the biggest thing, and, and looking at the schedule really lays it out, the biggest thing for UC Davis is 
is Weber State or Sac State going to take a step back? Because you're for playing sure. both of those for sure. teams, for sure. and that's one of the playoff spots you're gonna you're shooting for, sure. for. Is one of those teams taking a step back with the new head coach, the new regime, yeah, not being a not being as reliable as they were in the past couple of years, yep. and falling out of playoff contention. You beat one of those teams. You can take their spot. It's sitting there in front of Davis. For sure. We'll just have to see if Weber and Sac State can maintain that level. And also, you can just have other chips fall your way as well. You know, maybe some of the other, you know, maybe Sac's not as good. Maybe the Grizz aren't as good. Whatever. There's a lot of teams that I think could, you know, maybe drop one here or there. And so even then, I, I had Davis at 7-4, and 5-3 and three in league. Their league losses, Montana, Weber State, and Sac State. If those are your only three league losses, though, and you got seven overall wins, then... Depending on the uh, the other grouping in the Big Sky, you have a playoff resume. They're on the bubble anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no matter what happens. For sure. I, the other thing with them is maybe Miles Hastings takes a step up. The I, thing that gives me pause there is he's going to have to this year, right? Because right. Gilliam's not there anymore. Uh, he's going to have to be the main focus of that offense. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Uh, then we get into the, the, uh, the, I think there's two more tiers left. I think there's the tier with all the playoff teams. Then I think there's one team that's atop the league in its own tier. I think it's Montana State. I, I do, I do think the Cats, uh, despite a um, a dysfunctional, it maybe is a, a kind way to say it, uh, a, a disastrous off season in terms of the the PR and the headlines with both coordinators getting DUIs. Um, I, I still do think that having the the most talented and deepest fronts on both sides of the ball, plus multiple of the best playmaking quarterbacks in the league, plus an unbelievable number of offensive playmakers. And plus, I think that the the best coach in the league, I think that Montana State is just has a slight edge in basically every category you can evaluate them by over the rest of the, the teams. And I do think that Weber, Sac, Montana, and Idaho are all playoff teams. Uh, but I think the Cats are the, the definitive uh, front runner. I agree with you that the Cats are absolutely in the top tier. The polls would say that Idaho has joined them there. You do not have them there at all. And that's sort of my last dilemma in splitting up these last five teams that I think we agree are, are, are all going to be playoff teams or at least in playoff contention, is Idaho up there with the Cats in the top tier? Uh, well, and, and here's the deal, actually. I do think that both Idaho and Montana State have tough schedules. The Cats have a really tough schedule. Um, the Cats' conference schedule is at Weber State, Portland State in Bozeman, Cal Poly in Bozeman, at Sac State. Cats haven't been to Sac State in so long. At Idaho, that's an enormous game. That's like a game that could be, you know, not only playoff implications, playoff seeding implications. Then NAU's coming to Bozeman, Eastern Washington's coming to Bozeman, and then the Cats go to Montana. So, um, I mean, you're talking about playing at the four best teams in the league. Yeah, plus the best team in the country, yeah. (laughs) And then you also play at South Dakota State, yeah. I mean, the Cats' five road games are against, uh, I guess right now in the polls, 
five of the top 16, where the Grizz ranks, 15th or 16th? Yeah. Whatever, there's five of the top 15 teams in the country, including the number one team, the defending national champions in South Dakota State, and a team that went undefeated until the quarterfinals of the playoffs in Sac State. And Montana in Missoula. And Montana in Missoula, exactly. And, and that, you know, and, and the Cats have had a, a bear of a time winning down in Ogden, too. That hasn't been true the last two trips. That's something that Brett Vegan has really changed about their program is just being able to win those tough games on the road. But uh, the Cats definitely have a really tough schedule. Uh, and Let's just go through the schedules of these contenders because I think that that's always a huge factor. Idaho's schedule, they're at Lamar in Beaumont, Texas. They're going to win that one. They're at Nevada. That's a sneaky uh, potential upset there. So is Cal. Uh, at Cal is very interesting as well. You know, I think that Idaho's probably going to go one and two but they could definitely be two and one if they were three and oh now the hype is the hype train is just rolling there for jason eck and the boys yeah you'd have a big discussion over whether they should be number one in the country if they for, got back-to-back fbs wins for sure i don't think they do I, I they won't they'll be in those games though they'll be in those games yeah no you have to assume that they go one and two in the first three you got to assume that they lose both of those uh, then their conference schedule, Sac State in Moscow. That's that's the game of the week for the opening weekend of conference play, certainly. Idaho's at Eastern Washington. They're at Cal Poly. Be favored in both of those. Then they have Montana and Montana State coming to Moscow back-to-back weeks. We're going to be venturing over to Moscow a couple times in a row as well. Just depends on uh, just depends on who's going where, but uh, we'll certainly have boots on the ground in uh, Moscow for two weeks in a row. Then uh, Idaho's at Northern Colorado. They're at Weber State, and they're home against Idaho State. So uh, I scored this out as a 5-3 and three conference record for the Vandals, but I do think that that's the, the, the floor of this because yeah. they could certainly beat Sac State at home. And all of a sudden, now you're, you're a six-win Big Sky team. You're absolutely in the playoffs with eight overall wins. They got three of the four tough games the, at home the, in conference. You, you split with the Montana schools, great. You sweep the Montana schools. Now, you, I mean, you're, you're true uh, – uh, Big Sky Conference front runner at that point, and then they got Weber State. So you know, I mean, I I've been trying to pump the brakes on riding the hype train for the Vandals because I just do think that them being able to handle the hype is going to be one of the primary storylines of their season. That said, the fact is that at the worst, you got coin flip games with their three toughest games, and it, it, you know, if you win all those games, I mean, you could run the table in the league. Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to for me: Do you believe that Idaho is capable of doing that? Do you believe that actually Idaho? Is a top five team in the country no. going into the year? You're- no, I think they're a top ten team, but I do not think they're a top five team. And I, I just, I think that. It, let's say, let's say they go, let's say they, they, they just lose one of those FBS games, and they're six and one going into the game with the Grizzlies, and it's on ESPN. I mean, if if you can handle that pressure, then you are the real freaking deal, man. If you are a second year head coach and you got a sophomore quarterback in Giovanni McCoy, who, I mean. We love them. They were doing a great job last year really trying to make him go out there and, and sort of get used to the attention. He came on our show a couple times. He's a shy kid. He's going to get more comfortable with it. He's going to get older, more mature. But it's just there's just such a chance for a letdown or you know to stub your toe. I don't think it's, it would happen with the game with the most hype. It's when it's – Idaho's going to absolutely be competitive in the games we're talking about as coin flip games. It's, it's not – screwing around or losing in Greeley or screwing around and losing in Cheney that's going to be the thing right. that defines right. our season. Yeah, it's just that their schedule is so tough. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm there with you. You know, I mean, I, I could totally see them, like, sweeping the Montana schools but then losing to Cal Poly or something like that, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that that's what's going to happen. I, I just – I guess 
I, I, after looking at this and talking with you, I'm actually, I think I'm a little bit uh, too low on Idaho. I think I'm going to give them one more league win in this exercise. I think they're six, six win Big Sky Conference. Six and team. two, but still not in the same tier with Montana State. I think that's, I think that's perfectly defensible. And the thing is, if you go six and two with their schedule, but then you also win one of those FBS games, now you're a nine win team. Now yep. you're definitely in the mix for some seeding as well. Uh, okay, so those are the that we talked about the Cats conference schedule. We talked about Idaho's conference schedule. Here is what Weber State's schedule looks like. They got Central Washington coming to Ogden. That's a win. They're at Northern Iowa. That's going to be a really good non-conference game. Definitely going to learn a lot about both those teams early. They're at Utah. Then Weber State, Montana State is the other sort of game of the week. It's Sac State, Idaho, and Weber State, Montana State, uh, the two top conference openers. Um, then you got uh, Weber State's at Northern Colorado. They got Northern Arizona in Ogden, Davis in Ogden, Eastern in Ogden. I think I screwed up where these yeah, you didn't are put at. the you didn't put the at sure, on the front sure. of these, but right. Okay, so they they got Davis, Eastern, Idaho State, Idaho, and Cal Poly. Uh, I think that's the easiest conference schedule because you get to you play the the best team first. Who knows what could happen in the, in, in the conference schedule, especially early, and then you don't have to play Montana. You don't have to play Sac State. Uh, I, I you don't have to. You do play Idaho, uh, so I mean I don't know. I, I think that uh, I think Weber probably has the most advantageous uh, conference schedule of the contenders. Yeah, because you got a big ramp up before that Idaho game too. I mean you've got a month and a half between the Montana State and the Idaho games, where the only team of note that you're playing is UC Davis, and we'll see right. what Davis looks like in the middle of the schedule there, but. Uh, that's an easier road than Weber State's had the last couple of years. Uh, okay, so then here's what Sac State's schedule looks like. They're at Nichols State, then they got Texas A&M Commerce. They're also at Stanford. A little intrigue there, playing against former head coach Troy Taylor. And then Sac State's conference schedule looks like this. They got that opener against Idaho, big one. NAU's coming to Sac. They also got Northern Colorado, Montana State, Idaho State, at Montana, Cal Poly, and at UC Davis. So, um, no Weber, that helps SAC, but they do have to play both Montana schools and uh, Idaho, plus they got the Cosway Classic, and it's in Davis this year. Yeah, I just am so uncertain as to what Sacramento State is going to look like. For you sure. have to replace... Uh, I agree, I'm uncertain what they may look like, but it, it would... It would shock me quite a bit if Sac State was was bad. If they were like 4-7, and seven, that would really shock me. Would it? I mean, would it shock you if they fell to five hundred in the league? If they lost all of those coin flip I mean, games, they, including they could, the Causeway Classic, they could totally lose to Idaho, Montana State, at Montana, and at UC Davis. They could totally lose those four games. That wouldn't shock me at all if they fell back to five hundred in the league. Yeah, they've got to replace their their whole identity. Uh, For sure, you got to replace two quarterbacks. Are you gonna be, Are you gonna do the two quarterback right. thing again? You also had the single best playmaker in the league last year. I mean, Cameron Scadaboo. I mean, he's oh, an the biggest cheat code, a, yeah, for a reason, yeah. Yeah, to me, they've got to. They have to replace their identity more than even what Weber State has to do. I think Weber State's going to have a little bit easier transition. Uh, even though Andy Thompson's obviously been at Sac State for longer than Mickey Mental's been at Weber State. Yep. I'm just. I'm so. Man, does Marshall Martin take the step up to become the number one target? Does Marcus, Marcus Fulcher? Yep. I'm high on both those guys. For sure. We talked about those guys in our all-conference podcast. Such big shoes to fill, right? And no, so much sure. of what Sac State did was predicated on having a guy who was unstoppable because of the way that warp defense is in other ways, right? Yeah, that's true. 
It's true. I also think, though, that Sacks reached the point where their best players are some of the most talented players in the league. I mean, Marshall Barton's one of the, he's the best tight end in the league. He's one of the best offensive players in the league. As you so uh, accurately stated, Fulcher is a really good talent, and if he just elevated opportunities, is he going to be Scadaboo? I don't think so, but he could be very, very good, very productive. Uh, Armin Bailey is one of the most talented yep. defensive players in the league. You know they're going to have guys in the secondary because they've always had guys in the secondary. So, I don't know. I just think that they – to me, they get a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because I just think they have a really good roster. Even though they lose their most reputable guys, they return – I mean, I think Sack has the be- the second-best offensive line in the conference besides the Cats. Yep. And then you factor in a tight end. I mean, I just think that whoever steps in at quarterback, if they're just good, then Sack will be really good on offense. Well, maybe that's what the legacy of Trey Taylor is at Sack State, is like Sack actually being able to leverage where they are, right, and getting those local kids and just raising sure. the entire level of the roster. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Grizz here. They got Butler coming to Missoula. They're at Utah Tech. They got Ferris State in Missoula. I, I was trolling everybody. I put Ferris State down as a loss. I don't actually think the Grizz are going to lose that game. But it also wouldn't, it, it's also not a 0% chance that they won't. No, absolutely not. Um, I think that there's going to be enough talk about it over the next little while, though. People are already starting to say, like, I don't know. Ferris State's going to have a really hard time coming into Missoula because the Grizz. The the only way you lose to a D2 at home is if you're not ready for them. There's going to be so much scuttle about Ferris being the two-time defending Division II national champions. Well, and also because that's like the only point of intrigue in the first month and a half of the season for the Grizz, <laughs> that's right? That's right. I mean, at least until we get to the Davis game and maybe until Idaho, right? That's, that's going to be exactly the only game like to talk about. last year. So the Grizz are going to they, – they open up at NAU. Tough place to play, but I mean, NAU's just – they're just not very good. And uh, – Idaho State comes to Missoula. That'll be a blowout. Then we already highlighted that UC Davis-Montana game. It's a really good game. Uh, but if Montana can win, now they got some real momentum. They got the rematch against Idaho. They are absolutely going to be ready for that game. Yep. I think that you know everybody talks about the Sac State game and the you know controversial calls at the end and the targeting that knocked Lucas Johnson out and all that sort of stuff. But I think in terms of what stuck in the Grizz coaches' craw more than anything, it was losing that home game to Idaho. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. I tell you this, Bobby Houck hates losing, period. He also hates losing to the Cats. He hates losing to Idaho as much as he hates losing to anybody. Well, and Jason <laughs> Eck, you know, sauntering off the field with I the mean, little brown sign at the end of the game, sure. just holding it up in front of all of the Grizz fans, man, swaggering into the press conference. Yeah, the, I could see that would be an image that would stick with you <laughs> into the next season. So the, the Davis-Idaho two-game uh, deal there in the mid-October is going to be huge for the Grizz. I could see all of the scenarios playing out. I could see them sweeping it, splitting it, or getting swept. Uh, if they sweep it, now you got now the freight train's rolling downhill. Now you got some real, real, real momentum. Because then you got Northern Colorado coming to Missoula. Uh, you got Sac State, which is going to be a huge revenge game as well, but it's in Missoula. Yeah, and if I mean if they sweep Davis and Idaho in back to back weeks, yeah. That's going to raise my estimation of just the skill and talent level of this Grizz team, aside from the momentum. For sure. If they sweep, if they beat UC Davis and Idaho, 
Yeah. I'm going to have a different view of this team than I have now, and I think they would be favored in that Sac State game. Uh, so let's say, worst-case scenario, though, they, they split UC Davis-Idaho. You still have uh, a six-win Grizz team with Northern Colorado coming to town. So now you win that game, you're basically already into the playoffs. Yeah, because you're the Grizz. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're probably going to go out to Portland and get a win. Bruce Barnum has figured out a way to beat a lot of people. He's I guess they did win in Missoula one time, uh, Bobby Houck's first year back. But Houck's definitely had the upper hand since then. And then he got the, the rivalry game. So, I don't know. I guess uh, we'll end this with uh, – so here, the, way I, the way I voted in my poll, I had Montana State 1, uh, Idaho 2, Sac State 3, Montana 4, Weber State 5. Uh, but I do think that – That's low on Weber. Probably low on Weber. The I, I I guess I'm just slightly higher on Sack than Weber because I just think that they just have more talent, just a little bit. I don't know. I'm the other way. Yeah, that's fine. That, that's that's totally fine. Um, is there a scenario where any of these teams miss the playoffs? And if so, who's the most likely to miss the playoffs? Oh man. Yeah, there's yeah. Sack State. Sack State would be my answer. Yeah. yeah. Or Idaho. I was gonna say, no, the Grizz aren't the Grizz aren't missing the playoffs. Yeah, Idaho. The Grizz, Wow, you're 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 bullish on the Grizz. Okay, well, just cause, I actually, just cause I the actually could see all of these teams missing the playoffs only just because of injury. I, I just think that I think quarterback injuries at Montana State or Idaho would be very detrimental to them. The Cats can afford one, but not two. But there's there is a scenario where both they of both those got guys, hurt last year. I mean, they, they just definitely both them. got hurt last year. Bad. Both of them missed significant time with injuries. Both Sean Chambers and Tommy Malott. So. Man, if both of those guys miss significant time, I guess I could see it. But even if both those guys get I hurt know. for a period, I think they're still good. The, yeah, I mean, the I ca- mean just the with the just, offensive they, they, line, the Cats just have the simplest formula in the league. Man, they just run outside zone at you fifty-five times a game, and they just have the best offensive line in the conference. And they got seven guys that can carry the ball. That it just it doesn't matter who it is. It's a faceless ball carrier. Even if they had to roll Jordan Reed out there, I mean, what they, what would they do? They he, all he's got to do is go like six for fifteen for one hundred and twenty-four yeah. yards because you're going to rush for three fifty against everybody. Well, like Tommy Mallott did his first year, right? Exactly, exactly. All he has to do is complete two third down passes, and you're going to be just fine. Yeah, I would be astounded if the Cats missed the playoffs, no matter what happened. Each of those other four teams, I could see a slim chance. Um, I do think that we coming into this exercise, I thought I was going to be lower on the Grizz than I actually am. I do think the Grizz have a very defined weakness in the defensive secondary, specifically at corner. But I don't think that as we record this on July 19th that they're done uh, shopping, that they're done Correct. shopping for players at corner. But I also think that what we thought was going to be true last year, the art of building momentum within a season and how good Bobby Houck's teams can ride that momentum, I think that last year – the whole plan got derailed because they were going to roll through seven games. They're going to go to Sac State. They're going to get their revenge. But then they lost the week before and they couldn't handle the unraveling. And then all of a sudden they've lost three in a row and their dream season is completely flushed before they even played the rivalry game. This year, I don't think they're going to unravel as much after a loss. Even if they go to Moscow and lose or they go to Davis and lose, I don't think that they're going to have the same unraveling because I do think the expectations are slightly lower. There's a big difference between being the number two team in the country and the number 16 team in the country. I think Bobby Houck, when the polls come out and the Grizz are picked fourth or fifth, I think that's going to be pretty good internal motivation for Montana. And then you look at this thing coming off of that that 
tough mid-October. You can get more momentum coming up again because you got Northern Colorado, Portland State. So I just think that the Grizz are just going to – their season is going to be in a way better standing late when they're going into then these Paramount games, particularly against the Cats. Two points specifically about that. First of all, the narrative is going to help them this year too because everybody is going to slow play them when they start off 5-0 and because of what happened last year. Yeah. They're not going to rise to number two in the country when they start 5-0 and this year. Obviously, because they started further down, but also right. everybody knows what happened last year. That's right. The other thing is, and this is just uh, sort of out of left field, how much do you think not having the indoor practice facility hurt them down the stretch of last season? Yeah, for sure. Certainly impactful. Um, and where is that standing this year? Well, it got delayed, but now they're talking about it again, and it could be done by the playoffs, but yeah. there's, there's no real definitive deal i mean this is the city of missoula in a nutshell we don't need to go into all the whys here but building stuff in missoula is hard if you if you need the city to approve it it takes a lot of time you got i mean there's a, a giant tape. giant pile of dirt down there for sure um so okay so i guess here's what i'm saying is i i did i do think the cats are a slight favorite but it wouldn't surprise me if any of the other three contended for or even won the league championship weber montana or Idaho, the one playoff team I think that would really surprise me if they won the league yet again would be Sac State. Um, but I do think that Weber has the most advantageous of these teams scheduling, so I think they could be a six to seven win conference team. I think Idaho's definitely a six win team, and I think that Montana could be like a six and one team in league going into the Cat Grizz game. I also think the Cats would probably be a uh, five or six win team in league going into the Cacris game at worst as, as uh, at worst. Yeah. Yeah. We don't ever predict the cat Grizz game during these preseason podcasts, but we always give you what we think the records are going to be going into uh, those games. And I, I think that probably the most likely uh, scenario would be that both of these teams are eight win teams overall going into the, the brawl of the wild. Yeah. But again, I mean, no matter which way it goes going into that game, it sets up a bunch of juicy scenarios, right? Where oh, one sure. or both of these teams are playing for a seed. For sure. Where potentially, probably Montana is playing for a playoff well, spot. And that's the thing, too, is like last year, the Cats got destroyed in the rivalry game. There's no, or excuse me, the Grizz got destroyed by the Cats in the rivalry game. There's no question about it. That's not up for debate. That is a fact. Also, though, the Grizz being like just limping into that game and just how disappointing the second half of their season had already been. If the Grizz go into the rivalry game with momentum this year and there's something on the line significant for both teams and it's in Missoula, man, Montana State's going to have absolutely have their their hands full uh, in the rivalry. And I, I, as we always say, one of the only things we root for, we, we hope that it, the, the rivalry game between Montana and Montana State is for at least for one of the teams – a big sky title, if not both of them. And if it's for both of them, that's just the dream scenario for us here at Skyline Sports. Anything else to add? Anything else about it? Okay, uh, Andrew Houghton chiming in here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown, our preseason polls. Uh, as you listen to this, we are fast approaching the Big Sky Media Days. It'll take place in uh, Spokane, Washington. We'll have stuff coming out of there on Monday. Uh, so stay tuned. ton of content coming your way. Football season is upon us. Thanks for listening to Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. 
Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Town.